Email ray at rte.ie. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Yes, yes, yes. We're talking Lego, of course. On the line, we have a Lego certified professional. He's a, a Lego master. Uh, he's called the Brick Man. Uh, he's an author. Uh, there isn't a thing he doesn't know about Lego. Ryan McNaught, good afternoon. How are you today? You're in Australia. You sound like you're next door. I <laughs> know uh, I am in Australia, so I'm a long way, but I am making my way over shortly, back to the homeland. Yeah. Oh, back to... Well, we'll, we'll come to that in a moment. I just better tell people that uh, the Brictionary exhibition is coming to Dublin uh, on March 10th. It's in the Theatre of Light in the Point Village. So you say you have Irish ancestry. Uh, like all good Australians, we have Irish ancestry somewhere along the lines. And my grandfather is from Newry, uh-huh. so not too far down the road. And it's McNaught. Indeed. Were you called Zero at school? Were you slagged? McZero, McNothing, McZilch, <laughs> you name it, I got it. McSausage. Yep. <laughs> McNada. <laughs> Keep going on this one. <laughs> Ryan, you're one of a handful of people in the world that can do things with Lego that nobody else is allowed to do. They trust you. They do indeed. They allow me to make all sorts of crazy things out of Lego. And in fact, so much so that we use tens of millions of bricks a year. This is your job. Someone's got to do it. (laughs) And was, you know, when people asked you when you were younger, what do you want to be when you grow up? Your answer was? Well, I, definitely. I wanted to be a Lego master builder. That was the, that was the dream job. And it's, it's a pretty awesome title, except for one problem. It's whenever you fly somewhere and you land in a new country and the customs official wants to know what your job title is. <laughs> That's the only time you get some funny looks. Do you mind me asking what age you are? Uh, sure. Yeah, I'm 51. Right. Uh, and you have a family? I do. Twin boys. Right. 16-year-old boys. Uh, and what do they think of dad's job? Well, it, it used to be cool, but now that they're 16, no matter <laughs> what I do, it's very uncool. Yeah. I've been doing it as a job nearly on 20 years now, wow. so I probably, I'm not sure I'm qualified to do anything else anymore, so I'm going to stick with the Lego. Now, before we get into the exhibition and the book, how did you get into it? Yeah, look, I loved Lego as a kid, and I thought it was awesome, and then stopped playing it once I sort of became a teenager. And when our kids came along, my mum had kept my old Lego from when I was a kid, and she's like, well, you better have your junk back and here you go. And I'm like, I remember Lego. How awesome is this? And I started doing some awesome stuff and worked with some people from the Lego group and it kind of went from there. Right. And they're very particular. Well, you work for them now, so you know this. They're very particular about their brand and what people do with it. And they're constantly trying to get the best in the world to build things for them. So is there always a line of people behind you trying to get your job? Yeah, look, that's the other downside. There's probably, you know, a couple of million children that want to neck me to to steal my job. So I do have to watch my back wherever I go. But no, I mean, I'm very lucky. I mean, my job's to inspire, you know, the builders of tomorrow and do amazing things with Lego and show people what can be done. So no complaints at all. Here's a story you might bring with you and you might share when you come to Dublin. There's a guy, he's Ireland's most famous architect, right? And he has this, uh, it's it's the most popular TV programme in the country at the moment. It's called Room to Improve. So he goes, Mm -hmm. if you want an extension, he goes and he he helps you out, blah, blah, blah. Uh, But anyway, the thing that inspired him, his first architectural project was building a little Lego house for a TV character called Mr. Crow when he was about 10 or 11. So there you go. Awesome. Yeah. I'll, I'll look him up. That, yes. I'm not too bad at renovating, but I reckon I might have him covered at Lego. Yeah. Well, will you you just what's your favorite thing that you've done? I've seen you've you've built a life-size Jeep. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, we've done lots of cars. I've made Formula One cars, life-size. Um, we've even made dinosaurs. I made a life-size Tyrannosaurus Rex once, which weighed over three tonnes. So we've pretty much made most things out of Lego. There's nothing too much that's beaten me yet, I'm afraid. Right, and the Tyrannosaurus Rex, how long did that take? Well, um, it's about 450,000 Lego bricks and it was about 1,500 hours. I did have some help on that one. I had uh, some of my team members work with me on that one. But, yeah, pretty crazy when you think about it. Yeah. And what's the... What's the system? Do you, do you have to draw it out first? Is there is there special Lego paper that you sketch it and then you count the number of bricks or do you just go at it? Well, yeah, there's a, absolutely there's a process. So if you think about Brictionary, which is the exhibition coming to Dublin, mm. so there's a life-size tree in that, for okay. example's sake. And so to make a life-size tree, you're talking about a couple of tonnes of Lego and obviously we need to make sure it's safe. So there's a lot of real-life engineering before we even pick up a Lego brick, you know, a lot of drawings and sketches and we've got to make sure it's all okay and that kind of stuff before we then attack it and go for the Lego. Mm. Uh, so you have the Titanic there as well. What else have you got in the exhibition that's coming to Dublin? Well, the exhibition is not only amazing things that we've made, it's actually the product of a children's book that I wrote called mm. The Brictionary, which is like the dictionary but of awesome Lego things. And so pretty much everything in the exhibition is from the book. So giant Lego models or small models that we've created for contents of the book. So we've got all of those in there, but I, I, I've done quite a few exhibitions over my time and it's always important to have interactive things or things that people can help work on or build while we're there. Yeah. And we've got quite a number of those, which is, which is super great. So when people not only see things, but they can build things too. So you have millions of bricks there. Uh, people can build things. I see you have an, an earthquake, a simulated earthquake to see how sturdy... Uh, your construction is. Yeah, well, we might have to get the architect to maybe test out his skills <laughs> yeah. on that. So Dermot Bannon is uh, his name. Dermot Bannon is his yeah, name. You right. should look him up. Yeah. Oh, I will. And so maybe we get him in to come and have a look and, and try out his skills where yeah. basically people will build things and then we, you can simulate it with the Richter scale and see how well you've engineered it. Yeah. So, so you meet, as well as children, you meet these AFLs all over the place, uh, adult fans of Lego. Um, Indeed. And, and during lockdown, during COVID, a lot of people returned to their childhood hobby, didn't they? Uh, absolutely. It was enormous um, during COVID. Obviously, uh, I, I'm not sure if you know, but here in Melbourne in particular, we were locked down. We couldn't leave our house for mm. months and months and months at end. So we were really quite lucky. Uh, we had plenty of Lego in the house. But yeah, it's one of those things that you absolutely don't need to step outside if you don't need to. Uh, and there was one of our international rugby players. He, he doesn't play international at the moment. Uh, Jacob Stockdale. I remember he was the first adult person I heard used Lego as a meditative activity. So, you know, very stressful international rugby player. Uh, and then in his, in his downtime, the sort of focus or to maybe not focus to get away from it all, he built Lego. Yeah, awesome. So, so you, you do it as a job and then you do it as a hobby. It's, it, it is a career. I've been, as I say, I've been doing it for quite a, a long time. Yeah. And so if you think about it, my normal day job. So if you go into a Lego store anywhere in sort of the Asia-Pacific Asia region and you see these giant things in the Lego stores, that's the sorts of ah, stuff that I do you. on a day-to-day -day uh -huh. basis. Uh -huh. And then, of course, we have these exhibitions that, that tour around the world everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so you've done, you've done all the, the things we'd recognise. Uh, a particular challenge was the Sydney Opera House. Yeah, so whenever you have to do round things out of square bricks, it really gets quite difficult. So things like the Opera House with its crazy curves, like the Colosseum in Rome, for example, like that's another super tricky one. Yeah. So anything with that, with that sort of round texture gets really quite difficult to do. And the answer is usually hundreds and hundreds of hours spent designing and building them. Are there purists who, who maybe would prefer just the bricks? 
because now you can get bits that are everything from uh, a face to hair to wheels, uh, whereas back in the day it was just bricks. Yeah, look, I, I guess the thing is like all toys and things, the, you know, the evolution is quite natural. Yeah. I happen to personally, being a, a bit of an older guy, even the giant crazy Lego models that you see, we use a lot of standard, very plain bricks that have been around since the 50s and 60s. So uh, it's good to have a combination of everything. The current Lego palette is about 11,000 different pieces. 11,000? So there's, wow. there's, yeah, there's a lot to choose from. Yeah. And... So there are people listening at home who may, like your mum, uh, have Lego in the attic. Is there any particular piece, shape, colour, thing from the Lego range that is a huge collector's item that is much sought after? Yeah, most most of the really rare stuff that people, in particular collectors, are after are the minifigures, the little people, uh, the little Lego people that, uh-huh. that make up the Lego world. And there's a few of those that are really super quite rare and worth a lot of money. For example, sake, um, I mean, it's a bit like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. They did some gold ones many years ago, actual gold. And if you got the lucky Lego box with the gold wow. one in it, well, then you were doing really well for yourself. Yeah. yeah. So if you have one of those, ka-ching, ka-ching. Oh, it's a, retirement awaits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so any idea uh, how many pieces of Lego have been produced since it began? Well, um, roughly they, they've figured out that they, you know, based on the speed of machines and all those kind of bits and pieces, that there's around about 70 billion Lego bricks um, made, but it does change all the time. Obviously, as new parts come and go and all that kind of stuff. But a couple of useless statistics for you, or right. useful statistics, depending on your point of view. There's more Lego car tyres in the world than real car tyres. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. And Lego minifigures, Lego people, there's more of those than humans. There on is the not. You're going. There is indeed. No, you're there making that up. <laughs> no, I'm not making that up. And so there's more, than eight, forbid, there's more than 8 billion Lego. Uh, people. Correct, there is. And heaven forbid one day that they wake up and take over. Do you know people who worked on the Lego movies or did you work on one yourself? Uh, no, I, don't, I didn't work on the Lego movie, but it was, it was made here in Australia, uh, which was a pretty awesome thing for us uh, down under yeah. here. Um, a very talented team of animators um, and, and a, a very funny movie too. And, and I'm sure that's a huge area now, TikTok with people doing stop frame animation with uh, Lego recreating all sorts of things. Yeah, there's a lot of stop motion that happens. Um, And it's actually on TV in Ireland and on Channel 4. I'm the judge on a show called Lego Masters. And um, the things that people make on that show are amazing. They totally blow my mind with their skills and creativity. So that's one thing the world isn't short of, is that that creativity. The future of Lego. Because, you know, there was a time there that it it looked like it was a thing of the past, that little screens and computer games were going to take over. uh, And then... Like Phoenix from the Flames, it sort of resurrected itself, and now it's bigger than ever. So, what's the future? Well, the the thing about it is, it's it's, it's the relevance. So, if I think of one of those plain old Lego bricks that you spoke about, I mean, one day it could be in a racing car, the next day it could be in a tree, it could be in a rocket ship, it could be whatever. So, it's really one of the only toys that kind of evolves as a as a yeah. child's taste changes, which is which is really unique, and I think that's what gives it its staying power. Yeah. So, so what you're saying to your 16-year-old twins, you, you'll come back. You'll come back to Lego. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's funny, we had the discussion the other day about whether we should sell um, their Lego. You know, they were saving up for a car and all those kind of bits and pieces. 
And the deaths there that I got mentioning that was pretty full on. So uh, I, don't yes. think, I don't think we're getting rid of it anytime no, no. soon. Uh, so the book for people, uh, the Brictionary, the ultimate A to Z of Lego, which has inspired the exhibition, which comes to Dublin to the Theatre of Light in the Point Village uh, on March 10th. And, and the man who's responsible for the whole thing, as in inspired it, uh, Ryan, the Brickman McNaught. Thanks for talking to us, Ryan. Awesome. Have a great day. You too. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1.